Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations, and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Lisa McNeely. My pronouns are she and her, and I'm your host for Spotlight on Recruiting. Our show today, you're hiring, you need a recruiter. Um, we're going to be discussing how we, and now you, our listeners, can find the best recruiters. And I'm so excited today because our show today is an example of, and bringing on, I guess I should say, a global women of influence. Um, I'm really excited to welcome our leading lady, Koska Kotsbuk. Koska, did I pronounce that correctly? <laughs> you are almost close to it. Oh, sorry. So one of the things for recruitment, we should always start. I had practiced this beforehand, um, but I'm going to try it one more time. So Koska Kotsbuk. Is that right? Amazing. Now you got it. Yeah, very good. So Koska is joining us from Poland. Um, so Koska, thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, all. Hi, Lisa. Good to be here, and thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, and so I have known Koska um, for um, probably almost like six months now. Um, but so before we like, yeah, so before we dive into the show, I want to just share how amazing Koska is and why I invited her um, to speak with all of us today. Um, so Koska is the talent acquisition lead responsible for leading the Europe recruitment team, um, recruiting candidates across Europe and Asia Pacific regions. She has over 15 years recruitment experience in manufacturing, financial software, consulting, and information technology. And I've had the pleasure in the past six months of partnering with Koska on multiple recruiting initiatives. Um, so again, Koska, thanks so much for taking the time to chat today. Thank you so much. And as always, you're too kind, but thank you for the kind words. Absolutely, absolutely. So today we're going to dis we're discussing, as we said, how to find the best recruiters. So let's let's like kind of just dive in um, as far as you know. And I think from the European market, um, and then you know also for Asia Pacific um, and the U.S. What are you seeing? What does the market look like now for recruiters? So, and I, just like you mentioned, definitely my perspective is going to be probably more uh, EMEA and APAC. Um, being based in Poland currently, you know, what we see is, I would say, pretty good situation for recruiters. Lots of companies are looking nowadays for the tech recruiters. So if anybody is, you know, looking to uh, tweak their career, being, being recruiters still now, and they want to change things a bit, probably tech recruiter, recruitment is the most hot market and the, the most um, wanted specialization nowadays, I would say, from what I'm, from what I, what I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's the same here in the U.S. 
um, you know, I think the listings for, well, what happened was, because there's a struggle right now for actually to find recruiters, hence our show today, but if you are in recruitment, I mean, it's such a hot market right now because most um, recruiters during the pandemic, obviously companies weren't hiring, um, and so they laid off their recruitment staff. And so recruiters, a lot of them, what they did is they actually pivoted into other industries and got out of recruitment completely. So there's not as many recruiters in the industry, at least here in the U.S. So, but then whenever all the hiring started, you know, between 2019 and 2022, um, the number of recruiting job postings um, nearly tripled. Um, and so it's um, right now, and it's usually, like you said, it's going to be information technology, um, healthcare, and finance are the three industries that um, have a lot of job postings right now for recruiters. So Definitely. with the, yeah, so with that, tell me as far as um, you know, what challenges are you experiencing in trying to find um, really good or you know recruiters in general? Sure. Um, well, and I would probably say this is not necessarily just for regarding recruiters. Something that we are observing post-COVID, as, as we're looking at trends or even challenges, as you mentioned, are people um, are more reluctant to come back to office for five days a week, right? So more and more, whenever we're speaking with candidates, including recruiters, we're going to see, yeah, I'm going for hybrid mode, or if you don't offer me full-time um, uh, work-from-home option, then they are not even interested in speaking with us. So I would say this is definitely something that we're observing for the last year and a half, right? And that surely, if you're having the same uh, you know, observations in the U.S., yeah, no, I think that's, I mean, and I'm seeing that not just in all roles in general in the U.S. Um, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. um, uh, non-related to recruiting role, but I had one where, you know, the hiring leader wanted them to come into the office two days a week. It was one anchor day and then a flexible second day. And we lost that candidate because they weren't willing um, to do two days. They only wanted to do one day. Um, and so yeah, I think... There you go. Yeah, so, and I, and I do know, and I'm going to do a you know, right now, because I'm actually hiring um, for a talent acquisition lead right now for the Americas, and it is um, the leader, the hiring leader, which is a global, one of the global leads, is looking for someone to come in that one anchor day and then a flexible day, and it, I'm getting the same type of feedback. Um, it's either well, the reason I'm looking is because my company wants me to come back into the office and I don't want to come back in the office. Um, and so this isn't going to work if it's not 100% virtual. Um, but then I'm also hearing from some, well, if it's only, if I can do one day, maybe two, but no more than that, you know, let's have a conversation. Um, so I think it is, um, it's a challenge as far as um, knowing you know, is it a virtual run? I think that's one of the things, right? If you have the flexibility to allow your um, recruiter to work virtually or have that hybrid schedule, I think it's going to open up your your candidate pool. Definitely, definitely. And, um, you know, just thinking since that's one post-COVID, right? But then, uh, as you know me, 
for the last six months, you um, you know, I'm the kind of the worst case scenario person. So looking at the challenges side, um, you know, I'm no expert in finance, in finance uh, but I think everyone is keeping an eye nowadays on the economics global situation, right? We are seeing inflation all over the place. Every country probably at this point is uh, is, is facing that. Uh, look what's happening in the financial markets. Obviously, in, in Europe here, we have the war in Ukraine, which influenced the markets um, you know, vastly. Uh, so we already experienced a bit of slowdown, not to mention we're approaching end of the year. Every recruiter knows that's always a slowdown. Every company is looking at the finances and the, bu- and the budget. Uh, but now the big question probably is, uh, will we have the recession, right? We've been through that 2008, 2001. Um, no one knows. Uh, obviously, but it seems that something's coming and, and something's going to happen. So we really do need to observe what is going on around us. Um, also, to be able to proactively prepare for that, I would say. What do you think? Yeah, no, I no, I agree. And I think that is um, one, uh, and just, I think, and again, this isn't just for recruiters, but just um, recruitment in general, um, as, you know, we're mm-hmm. posting these positions, um, I am getting questions from, and I think especially if you're in a business like an HR, because we're a service provider, we don't create revenue, um, the conversations are, um, you know, what is, because it's all about what the, the job strength is, how many jobs are you hiring for, and I think, you know, if you're looking at like that recession, that's one of the things that, you know, kind of predicts the recession is that you know, we're having some, you know, the, the global market, but in the U.S., um, our job market is still strong as far as the number of job openings. Um, now, if that switches or changes, then, you know, in the U.S., it would hit a recession if we start not seeing that trend. So the good thing for us is our job market definitely, I think, a concern coming in um, from the recruiters that I'm speaking with because there is a fear, and I think that will cause some challenges, because there's a fear of, I don't know if I necessarily want to jump ship, because um, then I'm, you know, first in, first out kind of a thing. Um, And we've already gone through it during the pandemic, where, you know, if you don't have jobs that you're recruiting for, then why do we need recruiters? And then they get laid off. So I think it is something to look at that if you are hiring a recruiter, is knowing um, maybe it's, you know, the question mark at this point would be, do you need them full time? Do you need a contractor? Um, you know, what type of a recruiter do you really need? And those are the questions that you should be asking yourself ahead of time before even, um, you know, speaking with a recruiter, um, just because you want to be able to sell that job um, and give them some sense of security. So let's, yep, I agree with you. Yeah, so let's, um, we're going to actually, we're going to take just a minute. Um, uh, we have a, I want to do a sponsor break, um, but before, um, when, so don't go away. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the things that um, we've done to source recruiters and then what we've also done to find or, you know, identify the best recruiters. 
So Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. Um, happy to have Microsoft as a partner. We're actually having Costa dial in from Microsoft Teams, um, and it's uh, working, seems to be working pretty well. So the Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on them to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good, and we're working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits, opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good, and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in a big and small ways. Thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all of our sponsors and partners. Okay, so we're back, and we have Koska on the um, line, um, and we're going to talk about um, how you have sourced recruiters and what you do to find the best ones. So I guess um, just really quickly, how do, you, I, how do you source your recruiters? And for listeners who don't know what sourcing means, that's really going out and attracting Sometimes it could be um, via the job posting, or it could be more um, uh, looking for more passive recruiters as well, or passive candidates, I should say. So, Kaska, how do you find your recruiters? Sure. I guess the big one still is LinkedIn, right? Just go in. Uh, one is posting to go and do direct search, look for those people, exactly how you need them, having the skills and experience that you're looking for. Another one geek for me is going to be a network. Um, you know, spread the word around who you're looking for, people know people. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the short answer for quite, quite simple standout, I think. Yeah, no, I think that's good. And we had talked about this before the show. Um, so one of the things is, in, um, is, you know, making sure your job posting, you have a good job posting. And I think it's oh, really yeah. important, especially, I mean, it's important always. Um, no matter what candidate you're looking for. Um, but from a recruiter standpoint, if I'm a recruiter and it's a terrible job posting, um, that's a red flag to me to come to an organization uh, if their job postings are just not that great. Uh, because then I'm thinking, mm, what kind of challenges am I, am I walking myself into here? Um, and maybe it's a great challenge because you're like, hey, I'm going to come in and we're going to fix this. Um, but I think uh, you want to make sure that you're attracting um, the right candidates. So your job posting is um, important. And I think we have some past shows that talk about, like, creating good job posting. Um, then the next thing I think is just the same for me. It's um, network. Um, I'm always tapping into my network uh, to help identify those recruiters. Um, so next question for you, Koska. When you Once you've found your recruiting candidate, um, how do you – hire the best? What, are, what do you do? What are you looking for and what are you listening for? So, and I'm going to start again from the basics, right? Uh, the CV. Um, and for me, very much at the beginning, it's going to be just the first glance at the CV. Uh, and that will tell you a lot about the person, about the presentation skills for sure, because, you know, expecting this to be a person that can present themselves. Uh, I very often say, and this is going to be a, just a short, um, quick story. When I, when I was starting my career and I was deciding what I want to do, I always thought I never want to be a salesperson, right? I was like, I can do anything. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be a salesperson. 
Now, looking 15 years ahead, uh, I am where I am, and the recruiter is very much probably 90% of the job selling. Selling company to the candidates, selling candidates to the managers, selling the job to the candidates. So, <laughs> where, you know, what did I do, what did I do wrong in, in, that, in that journey? Anyway, so yeah, so they need to be able to present themselves, uh, the company, so that's what you're going to see in the CV, right? How it looks like. Um, another one from the CV, and this is again where we do things a bit differently still in Europe versus US. Well, I would even say between countries in Europe, because um, in some of the countries you're still going to see um, photo of a candidate in the city, right? Um, and obviously, whenever um, I'm advising my colleagues that are applying for different jobs and they are sending me their CVs and saying, hey, Kashka, can you have a look? You're doing this on a daily basis, so maybe you have some hints. The first thing I'm telling them, take down the photo, like remove it from the city, right? Obviously, for the uh, potential discrimination um, reasons. Um, and then, Another thing that I'm going to have a look uh, and check in the CV, um, job hoppers is a big no-no for me personally. I'm a long-distance runner. My first job was seven years. My second job was five years um, with different companies. If I'm seeing somebody changing jobs every three months, six months, you know, that is a red flag for me personally, right? Um, and then, obviously, the the, the, the obvious ones, experience and skills that I can read in the profile. But I'm sure, Lisa, you're looking at different things too. No, I mean, so for me, it's, you know, I, I love the fact that, you know, because like you said, that on the resumes or the CVs in Europe and, and I think even in, in APAC region as well, is it is um, customary to include your photo um, on the resume or CV. And the same, um, you know, because some of the roles that I'm hiring for, um, you know, we do get international folks applying for them. And it's the same as we want to have like a blind resume, basically, where that photo is not there. Um, and that's just for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Like you said, you don't want to have some discrimination, but not even discrimination, but some bias. Because, you know, unfortunately, mm -hmm. we all have bias. And that photo, whether it may be someone very young um, or they, 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 it's a very old photo, um, and what I've also, I've even noticed this, like the photo's not always representative either um, because I've had candidates that have submitted a, a CV um, and their photo is like from 15 years ago. Um, you know, it's like their college photo. <laughs> um, and so I think mm -hmm. removing that photo, right, it, it just gets rid of that bias that you may have. Um, and so I, I think that's, that's great that you're having, you're doing that and encouraging your teams to do that as well. Um, for me, like the same for the job hopping, the only difference I think for me is I do want to know, because if, if they're a contract worker, if they're a contract recruiter, a lot of times their recruitment, um, their contracts are somewhere between 90 days, six months, and a year. Um, so my question usually is if they don't have it in there, is, is this a contract mm -hmm. that you've been working? Or is this, have yeah. they been working um, 
full-time for a company because definitely if they're job hopping every three to six months in a full-time role, that's, that's a, that's a concern. Um, the other thing I look for, and I look for this in all of the resumes that I'm looking at, uh, is I like to see achievements in their resume. Um, and so anyone who has achievements listed is always going to float to the top for me. Um, it's not to say that I don't interview folks who don't have achievement statements. Um, I will, because I think as far as being a, you know, a recruiter, I mean, if I have seven great resumes that have achievement in them, yeah, I'm going to talk to those folks first. But if I have some that look good and maybe don't have an achievement, I don't ever want to not have that conversation. Um, and so I want to give, you know, people the benefit of the doubt because there's a, a low number of resumes actually that have achievement statements in it. So I guess that's my plug to anyone who's looking for a job. Make sure you put an achievement statement in your resume, especially if you're sending them to me. And just like we discussed uh, some time ago, I don't have achievements in my resume, so I need to make it better. <laughs> <laughs> well, we you don't need to be leaving, so um, we're gonna you know so you can go ahead. Not planning to. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You're but um, you're an amazing recruiter. So um, it, it, if I didn't speak with you, it would be a complete myth on my part. So all right, so let's <laughs> ask this question. So we know what we're like looking for. So we've identified. Um, you know, we've identified some candidates that we want to speak with. Um, what are you listening for? What are you screening? Or what is, what is your interview? Um, what are some of the techniques you use to identify that, the best of the best? Sure. And um, I do have to my favorites. Uh, and this might be surprising, and I start every conversation with my candidates, also for recruiters. I do start with candidate questions. So I give them the opening that allows me to see what's important for them. But also, they normally ask about things that I would anyway speak during the first screening call, first conversation. So we just take it off the list. You know, they can focus on the rest of the things that we need to speak about. Um, the standard ones, I think, you know, everybody checks motivation, writes a summary bit about their experience. But then I like to move to different um, business case and competency-based questions. One of my favorite for recruiters is a case where I ask, what would they do if they have a candidate from a company where we have hands-off and how they are going to handle that, right? So we're obviously looking for somebody honest and true and able to say they made an error. Um, and then another one that I very often am going to uh, put uh, on, uh, on the table is, can candidates to imagine they have 30 requisitions that they need to run and how will they prioritize them. I do believe in a recruiter's job, the skill of prioritization is one of the big ones. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think, um, so when we talk about hands-off, and this is one that I actually, um, Koska actually taught this to me, um, and I thought it was such a great question, was, you know, we do have, um, you know, in some areas of the country, there's non-competes, and, um, and we will have, you know, and, every, and recruiters make mistakes, right? And I think, you know, as I go into this, one of the questions that I ask my recruiters is, um, you know, tell me a time when you've made a mistake. 
um, you know, and, and what would you do? Like, if you had the chance to do it over, what would you do differently? Um, and I think this kind of leads into that because they do make mistakes, is if you accidentally call into a candidate who is in an, on the non-compete that we should not be contacting, what do you do? And we're looking for that truthfulness that they would literally tell the candidate, like, hey, sorry, we made a mistake, um, versus lying to the candidate to say, um, sorry, we're not going to consider you for the role. We no longer recruit. Yeah. Right, right, right. And so, and I think that's a great question because um, I think it goes back to the candidate experience. And I think um, because you're – now, in this instance, it's a non-compete, so we're not going to be able to hire them for a role, but the non-compete eventually will end. Um, and so I think it's good if you can build that relationship because, as you had said, Casca, you know, recruiting is a relationship um, role, um, and, you know, we need to be able to, you know, sell candidates on the job and, you know, and I think keep promising candidates interested, and that may be six months from now, it may be a year from now, um, but it's, mm -hmm. you know, keeping that relationship, right? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think, you know, um, I, I think one of the other, um, you know, the aspects that you had talked about was like prioritization. Um, and for me, um, yeah, I think prioritization is so important. Um, and the ability to, like, juggle, because it's a, it's a big juggling game, especially if you have, like, 30 requisitions, because you've got to figure, you have 30 requisitions, you maybe interview, you know, um, anywhere between 7 and 10, the top three um, go on to the hiring leader, um, you know, and, and so there's a lot of, like, balls in the air, I guess you can say, and the ability to be able to prioritize those is important. I think also for me, it's the, um, ability to work in ambiguity uh, because there is sometimes or and, and maybe ambiguity but also have consulting skills um, because not all of your hiring leaders um, have actually recruited before or hired before and it's being able to um, you know work in an environment where um, you may not always be the answer let's say you know it's market data um, and you're going to have to go out and figure out, like, what compensation and market data would be for your hiring leader. Um, or it could be, you know, even consulting that hiring leader. And I know, Costco, you've had this happen where the, you know, the salary that they want to pay for the role is just not in line with what the market's saying. Um, and having the ability to consult that leader to say, hey, um, we're not going to fill this role with what your budget is. We need to either lower the qualifications or we need to increase what the budget is. Definitely. And, you know, um, just to, just to uh, add to that, uh, another big one, when we're looking at the skills that we are looking for, it's going to be definitely, you know, uh, being assertive, being able to push back for that reason, as you mentioned, right, but also being able to let go. I've seen too many times when recruiters get frustrated in the job, right? Because they are, like, I told that manager, they're not listening to me. I told them we're not going to find somebody or they need to do this or that. In the end, we do need to remember 
it's a business decision, right? We are, yes, to advise, like you said, Lisa, and, you know, we're happy to share our expertise. But in the end, it's going to be hiring manager working with that candidate. So recruiter needs to be able to let go too and say, here are the risks, here are your chances, here are your options. Uh, this is my advice or recommendation, but the end decision is still going to be the hiring manager. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think and it's setting those expectations, right? Um, because, um, and that's, you know, exactly, you know, what you're saying. Um, and I think that's, that's just so important. Um, so we are almost out of time, and I can't believe it. I have so many other things I want to talk to you about. Um, so um, I, I guess my last question for you is, what is one piece of advice that you would give a leader or, you know, a business owner or a manager as far as um, looking and hiring a recruiter? Okay, it's going to be three. I, I was thinking about two, but it's going to be three. I'm just going to add the one that I came up with, um, what I said a second ago. Um, trust your recruiter uh, and build relation with your recruiter. That's important. Second one is going to be, you know, when you're looking at the candidate, see if you will be able to work with this person on a daily basis. We spend one-third of our lives in work. It's good to work with people that we like and we you know, um, want to work with. And then the third one is going to be uh, don't ignore your intuition and red flags that you see in the process. Yes, I agree. Red flags. Um, and mm -hmm. it's just, I know we don't have a whole lot of time, but I just I have one candidate. And you were talking about, like, the ability to, like, work with the leader um, and know, um, so the candidate, one of the questions was, can you give us a, uh, describe it when you had to work with a difficult hiring leader and what do you do? Mm -hmm. And the recruiter's response was, if they're too difficult, I just quit working on their role for a while. <laughs> a little bit of a red flag. <laughs> I, I get frustration. I get frustration. However, a little bit of a red flag. Um, so that's our show for today. Kashka, thank you so much for being our leading lady and sharing your recruiting insights. Um, and I know um, it's just it's so amazing to have you on. Uh, Lisa, thanks for having me. It's been a real pleasure. If you ever need me again, I'm happy to jump in and have more conversations with you and for our listeners to, to have some more information from us. Perfect. I love that. Yeah, definitely. You're going to be coming <laughs> back. Um, so I want to give a special thanks to all of our listeners, both in the U.S. and internationally. You can listen to more Women Lead Radio on Apple or Google Podcasts. Spotify, or iHeartRadio. We'll be back again for another Women Lead Radio show each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific. The next Spotlight on Recruiting will be Monday, November 14th. Go forth and hire and make me proud. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where life-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.